welcome everybody to SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 43. The first episode in the fourth season that we've had a pod. Little Bon X here with SB Unfurled. I guess we've officially reached our senior season. How you doing, Unfurled? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling curious. Um, we like to have our, our finger on the pulse of the Bana Bana faithful. Um, and usually we put a pod out over the summer, early fall. We honestly just have no clue what to talk about because right. <laughs> there's so many new new guys. Um, no idea how this team is going to look. I have some some a, a few insights, but until we see these guys out on the floor, even in the exhibition, like there's a lot of question marks. So we can try to try to get through those. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just excited for for the season to start up again. It's going to be great getting back in the Riley Center. Um, I am pumped to see how the staff. <laughs> yeah. gets this team to gel so quickly because man it's it was quite the offseason this is going to be a very youth-centric episode because you have actual information on who these guys are i pretty much <laughs> am going into this blind but before we get to that just quickly what you mentioned with the summer just gotta say we had a great time uh at tbt with brown and white even though we lost yep. a tough one it was yep. still a fun time we had a good weekend you me bonifanat a couple others it was great getting those guys back to campus because we couldn't do that the year before. Uh, the Riley Center was under construction, so we did our mini camp in Columbus. But this time, yeah, we got you know all those guys back on campus. Um, Stock it was Stockard's first um, first summer in the TBT with us uh, after a heart surgery, so that was really cool. He's he's a great guy, one of my all time favorite Bonnies. To be honest. Um, we kind of didn't think it was going to happen there. I remember there was a Friday where we were like, all right, we're out. We just don't have the commitments. Um, the interest isn't there. Guys are getting new contracts, couldn't play, couldn't make it. There's weddings and stuff. So looked like it wasn't happening. Two days later, stock gets back to uh, our coach. Dave Moore says, Hey coach, I'm in cook committed shortly after that. And then we got the ball rolling. So if, if not for Stockard committing, we would not have, we would not have made that happen. So, um, it was yeah the the loss sucked. We played a good team. We had a tough region as well. Next summer back in Buffalo, we want to get a super team together. The last two winners have been our rivals. God damn it, Syracuse and then <laughs> Frick Sunni Am. Oh my god, Sunni I was gonna say winning the, the whole fucking thing. That's Ugh. the one side. I, I was as much as I hate Sunni Amherst. The upside is that their team won TBT, so they're yes. gonna be hosting, which means we're gonna mm-hmm. be right even closer. Mm-hmm. Like Syracuse wasn't too bad, but. Yeah. Being in the Buffalo, I don't know if they'll be if they'll be at Amherst or where they'll be, but they'll I'm be not sure. Yeah, they'll be in the Buffalo region, and that'll yes. be enough for us. It, and I think the other thing is our players were kind of like, man. Not only does that kind of make me mad, but if they won, like we can definitely win this thing if we get the right right guys together. I feel like we had a really good core last year. Um, Yusu was the missing piece. He committed signed a contract with a new team. They wouldn't let him come. Um, understandable. He's got, he's playing very, really well over there. We would have had him. I think maybe we could have even got Adams to sign on uh, with a, with a really stellar high, high quality big man. Um, Cause cook's really a four. He was forced to play the five did phenomenal, but um, yeah, next year we're going to try to get a super team in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, hopefully we keep the upstate New York tradition going with Syracuse winning two years ago. SUNY Amherst, and then let's get Bonas in 23. But before we get to the summer, we got to get through this basketball season. And guess what? It's only 48 hours away. 
maybe maybe like 56 hours by the time you're listening to this or whatever. But if you're listening to this on Monday, we're basically 48 hours away from the basketball season starting. Mm-hmm. Bana's Alfred, the annual exhibition. And this is a team that I have no idea how to <laughs> introduce. I know we I know guys like where they're coming from and stuff, but I don't know how everybody's going to mesh. Mm-hmm. What have you heard? What have you been seeing? Like what what kind of insight do you have in the offseason? Well, my original depth chart uh, from what I've heard and I was I was happy to hear Brett Rumpel was really looking good this offseason was going to make his way um play a big big role for us at the point guard along with Holy Cross transfer Kyrell Luke. As most people know if you're listening probably Rumpel got hurt um in a practice. He's going to probably be out till mid to late December. They'll work him back into the lineup depending on his conditioning and healing time. Hopefully he's good to go by conference play. But um, until then, one pure point guard and Kyrell Luke, uh, as you will hear later, our uh, our guest, our new friend on the pod, Daryl Banks, kind of seems like the face of this team right now. Um, he's the most recognizable guy, going to be a really good player at the two. Um, then we got a lot, some freshmen on the wings, some returning guys who redshirted last year or didn't really play much in Justin Enjak Tajore. Exciting guys on the wing. The forwards are really long, really athletic. Um, going to catch some lobs, I think. I think we're going to be a more up-tempo and exciting team this year. Um, Fairly Dickinson transfer, Anquan Hill should be a good guy at the four, maybe even move to the five. Um, the number one question mark I have right now is that five position because we got Maxim Madison, uh, a transfer from Pitt. We have Chad Venning. We have Melian Martinez, who's a freshman. It seems like it's going to be a timeshare, a five-man by committee. Those guys are really going to split time. I don't see any of them getting much more than 20 minutes just out of you know foul trouble or keeping them fresh. So I am most interested in seeing who wins out that battle at the five. If none of those guys seem to be ready yet for those big minutes, Hill can maybe move to the five, and then we'll have you know a, a Barry Evans or Anuar Malouk at the four. Um, so I think it's going to be a little – bit more up-tempo, maybe a little more three-point oriented, um, some highlight plays. We got some really athletic guys. I think it's going to be a, an exciting team. Obviously, with so many new guys, we're going to have some bumps in the road. It's going to be a learning yeah. process. There's going to be high highs and low lows. Um, I could see us upsetting a really, really top-tier team on a, a, a hot night, and I could also see us losing to um, a bottom dweller uh, on a bad night. So, we got to be patient. Um, it's going to be some exciting moments, but there's going to be some growing pains. We we can't lose the Southern Indiana. <laughs> we no, cannot lose first, the Southern Indiana. They year. just showed up in D1. There's no way we can lose to them at least. No. That's interesting that you said we're going to be more up-tempo because it's, you know, you, you got a lot of talent. You can go through all of the, um, you know, each person's individual accolades, whether it's Banks playing and beating Kentucky at St. Peter's or – was it Kyra Luke was Patriot League um, freshman of the Hol- year, right? Yeah, Holy Cross. Yeah, yeah, for Holy Cross. So you can go through each individual player, but it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. to see how they mesh together. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for my, I hate speculating because I don't I haven't seen any of these guys play or anything. Mm-hmm. You have more insight than me, but it does seem like from the outside that Luke Banks and Evans are going to be the key scorers on this team. We might get some firepower from Moses Flowers if he's not 
coming mm-hmm. if he's coming off the bench. But it seems like those three would be the closest thing to a big three on the team. Am I am I off base there? I don't think you're off base. Um, in the that three spot, the starting three, my original depth chart projection, I had Jan Farrell, who's a, a really our highest rated freshman recruit ever higher than I want to call him Winston. Yanny Farrell <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I had I originally had him in the in the starting lineup Evans has impressed this offseason he's looked really good in scrimmages in the scrimmage he looked good against Kent State um they like him and they those two can play I, I'm looking forward to seeing those two play together at the three and the four as freshmen um so I those two could battle for minutes but if those two are the you know the guys that Schmidt trust there. He's going to find a way to get them on the floor together. So I am, they, they love Farrell from everything I've heard. I think he could be um, a really, really one of the best freshmen in the the conference if he pans out. So look out for him as well. But yeah, I would agree with you. I think banks will probably lead the team in scoring. He'll have the green light. I said um, so much of a green light from what I've seen. And you know, the things, some of the things I've heard, we could see like a Stockard, I think, led the conference in usage in 2019 when we had um, Lofton, Oshun, Welch as freshman. Stockard right. had a full-blown green light. I think Banks is going to have a big-time green light this year. So how about the bench situation? Because the the new meme for – well, not really new. It's been almost three years of this meme is that Mark mm-hmm. Schmidt literally uses nobody on the bench. And mm-hmm. our entire returning minutes are – was it 0.04% of our total minutes yes. are returning with a uh, in Jacques Tajore's 12 minutes and one dunk <laughs> pretty yeah. much. That's it. Um, so I would imagine that we're going to be using way more than bench, especially early on in the season. Right. Well, this, I've some staff have said like this team is deep. They like the depth. Um, they got some, we heard that last guys. year though. We heard that last year. We'd hear it every year I, and <laughs> stupid me and tw- going into 2021, I said, this is going to be the deepest team since our 2012 team. Um, in fairness to me, we had like two midseason transfers. Uh, Winston and Roberts, I think, transferred in yeah. during the season. I think we may have had an injury or something. Um, and I don't want people to get confused. It's not that – I don't think it's so much that Schmidt doesn't like using a bench. I think he just loves playing his five best players. Um, or his best guys or the guys he trusts the most. And he maybe just didn't trust the bench last year. And obviously our five starters were our best players. So that was kind of just by default. I think had we had really, really good bench players, we he would have played them. And um, one guy I'm really rooting for this year is Linton Brown. He went to Coastal Carolina. He had a tough go of it last year. He got, I think he got COVID or maybe had a yeah. um, some medical thing happen where I'm, I'm glad he's cleared now, but he was going to be a big piece last year. I think he could have played a lot, but just by um, our five men, like I said, not playing probably much more than 15 minutes a game. You're not going to have like a guy playing 35 minutes a game at the five, like Oshun did just by that alone. And then some of the guard play, I think we're going to see us get back toward the average in the nation in bench minutes. So um, tough to talk about the bench when we don't know who's even going to start, but Um, a lot of people are surprised that I said Moses flowers might be coming off the bench because he was one of our captains along with Daryl Banks. He is, uh, one of the better transfers that we got. Um, the only reason I had him coming off the bench is because of our size. Um, he could start at the three. He's good enough. He probably will play a ton. I could see him being top three or four in the team in minutes, being one of those guys that scores 
um, a, a good amount. He's a great defender, uh, has a lot of the same intangibles, I think, that we've seen from guys like Jaron English, Jaron Holmes. Um, but I think going 5'10 at the point, 6'2 at shooting guard, and then 6'3 at small forward, um, I think it's just a size thing. You know, Schmidt historically is like the big wing at the three. We had Welch at the three um, for four years, obviously six, five, really good rebounder. So I think flowers is going to play a lot off the bench and I won't be surprised if he ends up starting and, you know, has a, um, a good role with us as a starter, but I, I don't know. I just think it's a size thing. So if we also look at the, you know, this, we mentioned the size down low. What do you think about that rotation that it seems like at least now it seems like there's going to be that three-man rotation with Amadison, Venning, and, and Martinez maybe getting in the mix. Do you think do you think that's going to change the style of play for on defense especially? Because I remember all the times that you would have some big men up mm-hmm. on the wing or up top of a 1-3-1. Do you think that, that may come into play more? Or do you think it's going to be a similar situation of having the center control the paint like Oshun? Yeah, I don't think any. I don't think we'll see any of these guys at the top of any one three one. Um, when we did that in twenty eighteen, it was Griffin. I could see, um, and one of these wings at the top of the one three one. But Amadison, Venning, Martinez—they're pure five men, big bodies, good. I'm hoping they will be good. A ten rebounders. They've been good rebounders at previous levels. We'll see. Um, seem like from what I have seen and heard and the stats, good rim protectors, a lot of blocks, um, obviously following up the all-time leader in shot blockers. It might not jump off the court at us and might not be very obvious, but I have heard that they are good rim protectors and defenders. We don't need much scoring from our center position. We need big bodies, solid rebounders, don't make mistakes, set good screens, know the offense, block some shots, and capitalize down low when they get opportunities to do so. Um, I liked what I saw out of Max Madison, the pit transfer in our scrimmage. Granted, he was being guarded by Maluk, who is probably a four-man, because um, Venning was out with a, a minor injury. So it's going to be, uh, I think, a Madison starting. I think Venning needs to get into more game shape. He's been working on it. He's lost a ton of weight. He's going to continue to you know, work with Fisk, obviously, as they all do. But he's a guy that if he can get into that game shape, he could be an animal. And I'm interested. I don't think Martinez is quite ready for a big role yet, but he's a guy who I have heard is already ahead of where Oshun was offensively as a freshman. Um, and Oshun was obviously a defensive savant. But Martinez, not to mention he's wearing number 21, has that same mm-hmm. build, has that look. Um, it'll be... It'll be uh, interesting to see how much of a role he has. Uh, heard early on that he was a redshirt candidate, but at this point I've heard that they like him, and I think I expect them to work him in, especially if the other two, Amadison and Venning, aren't cutting it really. Why not work the freshman in? Why not get him some experience, uh, baptism by fire situation? Or if none of them work out, then you're going to see Hill, who I don't know if he's – He's got the frame necessarily or the strength to be a really solid A-10-5 man. 
but I think he's going to be a really, really good four man. So if he can get into that four spot and we don't have to move him and get him out of position, like we have other guys in the past, um, then we got an interesting lineup because we would have a good solid big body five Hill at the four who's athletic, good frame, long block shots. And then if we get, if we just get a couple of those guys going, Schmidt has a ton of options with combinations, rotations, um, might take the staff a while to figure out the best rotations. It could take them until January or February, but the potential I think is there for us to have a top five, six team in the conference. Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance that they're top end of the league just because of the number of players that have a good pedigree, whether it's Banks or Flowers or Luke. I think those guys have some pretty good resumes, especially. What do you think about the schedule? Because it, I'm surprised at some of the games that we ended up picking in the non-conference. I think Notre Dame is going to be a very tough neutral site game. I think going to South Dakota State, that's technically a neutral site, but it's in Sioux Falls. Like that's not. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't foresee many Bonas fans. Bonas Nation travels well, but I don't think they're yeah. going to head out <laughs> to Sioux Falls, South Dakota on a Tuesday night. No, but that's a good game against South Dakota State. That game would have yeah. been incredible last year. Uh, you know, we always got SUNY Amherst. Iona is also neutral at the Barclays Center, so this isn't exactly mm-hmm. a cakewalk of a non-conference schedule for a team that's basically entirely new. How do you think? How do you think this schedule is built to uh, help out the team? Well, you have to remember, like we didn't know how good our team was even going to be. Or usually, when you go into scheduling, you have an idea of how good your team is going to be. Like when we went into 2018, we knew we had to play teams like Maryland and TCU and Syracuse on the road or in tournaments. Going into last year, Charleston Classic, great tournament. We had really, really good non-conference games. Um, Going into this year, and I think if we had Papano on, he would say, like, we didn't know how good we were going to be. How can you schedule an appropriate um, non-league slate when you have no clue what you're going to be? So I think we have a good mix. Um, I think it's really good to get these guys exposure, especially A-10 tournament back in the Barclays Center, and we got a non-league game in the Barclays Center, get these guys, you know, in those NBA arenas, getting used to that stuff in front of the fans. I think those are really good. I, as people know, probably by now, I am not a fan of going into these Mac gyms, the the yeah. bandbox, the Canisius, the Niagara. I get the history, but at this point in our program, I just don't, other teams aren't doing that. You know, Syracuse isn't coming to the rally center anymore. Dayton doesn't go to Wright state. Xavier doesn't go to Dayton. Like, at some point, I feel like, unfortunately, you got to buck tradition and kind of do what's best for your metrics. I don't know how much um, of the at-large p- stuff went into scheduling. I, I highly doubt it did at all. Um, so maybe they're not even thinking about metrics and stuff like that. But I don't like that. Um, other than that, I think it's a good balance. We got that return game at UNI. They're always really solid. Great coach who's been there like 17, 18 years. They're always going to have a good program. Um, And then those tricky away games at our New York State rivals. Those are never easy at Canisius, at SUNY Amherst, at Siena. Those are going to be tough games for a new team. Um, So uh, it's, it's a solid mix. It's enough of a test, I think, really going into A10 play because I thought we got, as far as, you know, how difficult the A-10 can be. It is a 
supposed to be a good year for the A-10. I thought we got a pretty favorable schedule conference schedule wise. Like yeah. I, I think the, the home and homes are pretty favorable and um, you know, we, we didn't really get too difficult of an A-10 schedule uh, which should be good for a young team. Yeah, I think so. I think you said it best. It's a good mix because there are certainly winnable games like Southern Indiana, Bowling Green, like even St. Francis, hopefully that'll be the first game. But then you also are going to get challenged by South Dakota State and Notre Dame. Like those are going to be tough ones. And yeah. I think that'll that'll help build this team into something come A-10 play. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned it a little bit earlier. We have a new friend here on SB Unfurled and Friends. Let's go ahead and listen to your talk with Daryl Banks III. I want a milkshake and french fries. Oh, I'd love to have one. How right that now. happens, I don't know. <laughs> Jumper is smooth. Daryl Banks the third drops it in from the out. Okay, we are here with new St. Bonaventure guard Daryl Banks, St. Peter's transfer, who came in um, committed back in the spring. He's uh, he's definitely going to be a go-to guy. We're very happy to to have him on the podcast and get him introduced to fans, get fans introduced to him. So, Daryl, welcome to uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Bonas. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, of course. We're we're excited to have you. Um, seems like you're gonna be kind of a face of this team, uh, from what I've seen. Uh definitely a guy that that fans are excited about. I can never remember honestly rooting for a guy on another team as hard as I rooted for you in that St. Peter's team. And then <laughs> to have you get to Bana's and be like, oh, this is a guy I rooted for on another team. That's a new feeling to me. This whole team is a very new feeling to me. We'll get into that. Um, but I want to talk when we, whenever we have players on, I like getting to know them. Fans like, like to get to know, you know, your background and stuff. I know you grew up in L.A., um so was it always basketball for you did you have other sports that you excelled at um I'm just kind of interested because I saw that you came in as a freshman in high school 5'5 130 pounds um were, were there other sports you were interested in uh or was it always hoops for you yeah no nah, I was a, a big football guy yeah. um yeah my dad played football uh, my older brothers played football and um I didn't stop playing I started football and basketball at the same age four or five yeah, for about four. Uh, I stopped playing football when I got to high school because I was so small. And it was just like, for basketball-wise, I just felt like I was already going to start higher. So I was like, all right, I might as well just go ahead with basketball. Okay. And you didn't have a, you didn't have an NFL team out there in L.A. Who's, do you have a, an NFL squad you root for? Yeah, I'm an Eagles fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> I'm a Bills fan. <laughs> I just saw they won. So uh, maybe maybe we'll see each other in the Super Bowl, man. Um, that would be tough. You always been an Eagles fan? Uh, so I was a Michael Vick fan. And okay. Michael Vick got to the Eagles, and then he left to the Jets. And I, I nobody mm. likes the Jets early, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to just stay an Eagles fan. And then you played in Philly, so that must have been great. Did you go to any games? Uh, nah, I never made it to a game, but, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Hey, you, you were still around all the fans there, I'm sure, you know, feeling the, feeling the Eagles hype. Uh, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Michael Vick, Madden 04, you you rolled with him in that. I'm sure that was like an unstoppable, an unstoppable of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so good in that game. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, so I, I don't want to get in too much to the to the actual run you had. I feel like you've been asked it a thousand times. You've answered it a thousand times. Um, everyone knows what happened in March. It was great, but um, just just for everyone listening, the timeline. 
Cinderella run ends March 27th when you guys go down to UNC. I was very bummed out as a, a small school guy. UNC, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova was not a Final Four I wanted to see. Um, I wanted I wanted the shakeups and stuff. But so that run ends March 27th. Shaheen goes to Seton Hall officially March 30th. You hit the portal a few days later. Um, I know we were probably heavily involved right away once you hit the portal. Coach Kern was involved. Um, how hard did they recruit you just to get you to campus? What ultimately convinced you to come to Bana's? Like, what, what was that recruiting pitch before you even got to campus like? Yeah, I mean, um, out of high school, uh, Coach Kern actually recruited me just a little bit. Um, so I already was familiar with him a little bit. And right when I hit the portal, he was one of the first coaches to call me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, speaking to them and really just breaking down, like, where they left off and what they had for me and, like, really pursuing me, it really felt like they really wanted me to be here. And, um, you know, they hurried with the process to make sure they give me the campus to see the campus and, you know, the environment here at uh, St. Bonaventure. And I just knew, like, when I took my visit and everything and the coaching staff, the people here, like, it's such a it's such a community and, like, a family, like, ori- orientated that mm-hmm. I knew, like, this was the right choice for me. So I really was what it was. Yeah, and I, so you visited SBU uh, April 22nd, 23rd or so. You committed right on the 24th, and I saw Chucky Maggio wrote, a, wrote an article at, shortly after that. You canceled three other visits. Um, so I, I know you touched on it just now, but what what else was it about Bana's that you were like, I don't even want to mess around. I'm, I'm committing right now because this is where I want to be. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, when I took the visit, uh, I really just wanted to get up to the canvas for myself. Um, but like going into the visit, I kind of knew in the back of my mind, I was like the, out of the schools that are pursuing me that, um, they recruited me the hardest. So once I seen the campus and everything, it was just like, there's no point of trying to waste my time of, you know, or waste any other coaches time if I know I'm going to go there. So I just committed right away. I love that. Cause we've had guys who have visited and then went on other visits. And in the meantime, I feel like after all their other visits, they maybe wanted to come to Bonas, but you know, the staff had already moved on. So it, it's good to mm-hmm. be decisive like that. I love that. Um, were any players involved in helping when you were on campus? Uh, I, I know, you know, the seniors that we had were still here, at least Lofton, Oshun, Welch were still um, part of Bonas. Were they involved uh, or was anyone else involved in, in helping you? Uh yeah, so they were still here when uh when I went on my visit. Um, but before that, before on my visit, uh, Quadri, um, I seen him a couple times before, uh, coming up to my visit, uh, back home in New Jersey. So, uh, he he kind of to- he kind of pitched it towards me too. It was in my ear, and then uh you know when I came up and I talked to the seniors and everything, Kyle, his college also from New Jersey. So, mm-hmm. um, that just kind of like helped with the process for me getting to know. Uh, the coaches and how it is at the school. Did you get the sense during that, that they might come back or didn't you know where things kind of up in the air? Because I feel like it shortly after that, those guys hit the portal. I, I mean, a couple days probably. So yeah. what was that? Like, I feel like there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things up in the air at that point. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, when they were recruiting me, uh, um, I had the intentions that they were saying um, they were still like, you know, I think Jaron was the only one that was about to, that was leaving mm-hmm. at the time. So I thought that they were staying. Uh, and on my visit, I thought they were staying. But 
you know, they decided to make the best decision for them, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. I respect it. That's what they have to do for them at the end of the day. Yeah. But yeah, so it was in the, at the time I thought they were still saying. <laughs> well, hey, now that they didn't, <laughs> I feel like this is your team now in, in many ways. You were named a captain with Moses Flowers. That must have been pretty cool to be named a team captain and without ever pl- even playing a game for the team. Yeah, it's an honor, of course, you know, being elected by my teammates. So that's kind of how you got here. I want to get into looking ahead because I feel like that's what that's what we're here for. Um, I have not, I've been a Bona fan for, you know, 25, 30 years. Um, I remember teams from the early to mid 90s. I mm. have never seen a turnover like this. I, we've never gone into a year where there's so much unknown. It's it's <laughs> something that I've never experienced. I can't wait to see all the new guys and how they blend together. So from your perspective, I know you've been obviously playing with these guys for a couple of months now. What should fans know about this team? Um, are there any under the radar guys that you don't see people talking much about, but they've impressed you this off season? Like what, if you were talking to the fans, what, what should fans be ready for basically for this season? I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be the same thing that coach Schmidt preaches, you know, we're going to be a team that plays hard, extremely hard. Um, you know, most of us are all under the radar guys in general. So we're going to come in with a chip on our shoulder, uh, coming in with something to prove, you know, because nobody knows who we are. So we have to set that set that tone early. Um, of course, there's going to be up and downs because it's a whole new team, but that's just a part of the process. Um, we're a long athletic team, so there'll be a lot of highlight plays um, in terms of fast breaks and, you know, highlight plays and dunks and stuff like that. But I really say that's what it is. I like that because and that kind of leads to my next question. Um, playing styles, especially the last four years, I feel like we're a little slower tempo. We kind of got into our sets. Um, Lofton did a great job running the offense and it was kind of a, you know, it was a half court offense. Is that going to be the style? Do you see this being a more up tempo team, a more three point oriented team? Like what's the makeup of this team? Do you think like the playing style as far as uh, what you've seen so far? Um, we'll probably be able to uh, be more of a up, more up tempo team than the last team. Uh, starting with Kyrell, you know he's a, a lightning quick point guard, very athletic, so he pushes the pace a lot in practice. And um, you know we have the like I said, we have long athletic wings really that can run the floor. So it'll definitely be a little bit more up tempo. But you know when it comes down to, it, we also have to execute in the half court. Mm-hmm. And we saw Brett Rumpel go down with an injury recently. Um, I feel like him and Kyrell were the only kind of true point guards. I know you didn't really play any point guard um, for St. Peter's. Do you, are you going to be called upon to be the backup ball handler when Kyrell needs a break or um, if he's in foul trouble or how is that going to work out? Maybe until Brett gets to work his way back into the rotation. Yeah, until Brett gets back, um, I'll be the second ball handler. So when Cairo needs a break, uh, it'll move me to the to the one position. But then when Brett comes back, you know that'll be them too. Okay, um, I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. You came in um, technically you're a senior, uh, but with yeah. COVID, you still have an extra year of eligibility. Did you come here maybe? not knowing if you wanted to do two years, was it one year and I'm going to try to go pro? Are you still up in the air on that thing? Or is this kind of a, a wait and see type ordeal? Oh, no, I came in with the intent to be here for two years. Okay. Um, okay. You never know what will happen. Uh, 
like in terms of like a pro career. But yeah, I'm coming in with the intent to be here for two years. Hey, I like to hear that for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so favorite non-hoops thing about St. Bonas so far? Oh, um, hmm. that's tough. Uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like I like how it's like a community wise. Like I feel like everybody knows everybody. Like mm-hmm. when I'm walking around campus, you just see people like everybody's like very friendly. Everybody's pretty much everybody knows each other. They communicate with each other. Like I, I feel like that's pretty cool because being out at St. Peter's is more of a commuter school. So, like, you you didn't really know, even though it was small, but it was a commuter school, so you didn't really see um, everybody all the time. Yeah. Hey, they call the Bana bubble for a reason. Like, I, I feel <laughs> – I, I know what you mean. It's a, it's a small school, but everyone knows each other. Um, I feel like everyone has each other's backs. It's very special place, as I'm sure you're you're learning. Um, and, hey, fans get very, very passionate. I saw you were at an Ole and Oilers game over the summer. That was probably pretty cool to go out and experience, yeah. like, a, yeah. the community. How was that for you? Yeah, I mean, that was just amazing. I mean, that was, like, my first couple weeks there, you know. Um, and seeing all the support that was there was just, like, kind of, like, shocking. Like, mm-hmm. It just really made me realize, you know, uh, how um, – how uh how much the fans mean to the to uh Bonaventure basketball and how much they support. So just seeing that was just, it was really amazing. Yeah. I saw at one point you called Schmidt a genius, um, a basketball <laughs> genius. <laughs> I know it's it's a big learning curve coming in, learning a new complex system. We always hear about how Schmidt has so many offensive sets. So um even for like second year guys, I'm sure it's tough, you know, getting acquainted guys who maybe redshirted last year. Um, not to mention we have all new players. So how have you picked up the system? Um, if you want to talk a little bit about Schmidt and and how he has been so far and getting this team together and just how guys are picking up the scheme so far, how we're gelling as a team, because this is all new faces learning a lot of new things. I'm sure Schmidt has simplified it some um, because we don't have third or fourth year guys right now. So how has that whole uh, experience been? I mean, yeah, you know, we're all new. Um, I mean, I've been picking up pretty fast on the system and the plays and stuff like that. Uh, You know, Schmidt, he knows that we're all new. So he's also trying to, uh, he's been having more patience with us. You know, at certain times it runs thin, of course, because he expects a lot from us, as he should. But you know, we're all learning. Uh, people are getting adjusted to it. We're all there supporting each other yeah. uh, when things are going bad. But it's, it's going well. Good to hear. Um, are there any games that you're most looking forward to when the schedule came out a month or two ago? What did you have circle? I know we usually try to play in some some big arenas. Is it is it the NBA neutral arenas that you like? Is it the, the home? I'm sure you love the home games. We'll have a great crowd. Are there big away games that you're looking forward to what are, what's a game or two you saw the schedule and you're like yeah that's what i'm looking forward to to putting on a show there i mean honestly i'm just looking forward to the first home game uh, <laughs> literally everybody has been telling me uh wait till you play a game in the rise and wait till you play a game in the rise center so yeah i mean i really just want to get to that first home game because i want to experience it for myself that's literally ever since i got to campus that's all people have been saying to me. and i've seen it on you know online and on videos and on streaming services but it's not the same as you know actually experiencing it for yourself so i'll say that really yeah and i'm sure that was a big part of the recruiting pitch too um i can't wait for you to experience it i can't wait to get back in the riley center and see you guys um like i said i have never 
seen or remember a year like this before where it's just it's going to be completely new to everyone. So I'm sure there are going to be big plays that fans are going to love. I'm sure there's going to be players that we we can fall in love with. Um, it's going to be exciting. So, Daryl, again, I, I thank you for coming on. We're all looking forward to to seeing you guys out there. Anything anything you want to leave us with before we wrap this up? Um, well, first, thank you for having me. Uh, and, uh, you know, we play Wednesday exhibition game against Alfred. I hope to see everybody there. Yeah. And that's it. Really. Can't wait. All right, man. It's been great having you. I appreciate you coming on. Maybe you can come on again later in the year if we're, uh, if we're up for it, but, um, until then we'll, we'll be watching you on TV. We thank you for coming on and, uh, we look forward to seeing the Bonnies. Thank you. Thank you. Four against Kentucky. Yeah, limit your turnovers if you're St. Peter's. Thanks. Is he feeling it? Yep. Oh, yeah! A three! All right, so there you have it. We've introduced you to the first member of the new Bonnies team that is now a friend of SB Unfurled and Friends. What was What's your overall impression of Banks? I loved how honest he was. He was answering everything very candidly. I was interested to see if, you know, he didn't run the point at all at St. Peter's, like I said uh, in the interview. So pretty much just said flat out, yeah, if Luke comes out, I'm going to be running the point. And I'm not surprised by that because we saw that last year when Lofton went down with an ankle injury, Holmes, who isn't really a true point, took over. You know, you could have had a Quadri Adams or someone else come in. Schmidt's going to go with who he trusts the most. So I was not surprised at all to hear. Yeah. He wants banks to have the ball in his hands. Um, so hopefully Luke can be um, very efficient. He's going to push the pace. Like Daryl said, I am looking forward to seeing an up-tempo exciting team. He mentioned we are long and athletic on the wings and the forwards. I think this is going to be a team that, that fans really grow to enjoy and look forward to watching. I just remember, you know, with all the hype last year and Charleston was so great and we had really great moments, but that lull after the COVID pause, it was, it was tough. I, I felt like I wasn't even looking forward to watching them like play Dayton, <laughs> the, the Dayton game, the George Mason game. I was just like, I felt like a homework assignment sometimes, unfortunately, <laughs> as much as I, I love the Bonnies, like, uh, you know, I, I do want to cover and put out content. I was like, man, this is tough to watch right now. It's just, there's no energy. So Schmidt even said, I am re-energized um, to, to make these guys gel, all these new faces. And that's what it sounds like from Daryl. Like they have a lot of guys that are going to have to learn how to play together. But once they get that clicking, I think it's going to be an exciting up-tempo team. So I was, uh, yeah, I was happy to hear that. He, he kind of solidified some of the thoughts that I had had going in. I'm thankful for what the guys did on last year's team, but I'm excited that, yeah, for a blank slate. Because I think last year's team hit a peak. I think, you know, Charleston was a peak. I think getting to the n- number nine seed, or was, were we eight or nine in, in 2021 in the NCAA tournament? I we were nine, I think. Yeah. That's right, we so were nine. We LSU were on yeah. Yeah, that's right. So getting that nine seed, getting ranked 16 a little prematurely, those were those were peaks for that team. I don't, <laughs> I don't foresee – I don't think if they came back, the same five came back, I don't – think it would have been much different i think we saw what we did out of them now this team it's a brand new crew who knows who's going to step up now in in a better competition and better system better coaching than they had in america east or the mac or or the um uh, patriot league even i think we're going to see something different 
from last year. And it's always nice to see the Bonnies as the hunter instead of the hunted. Yes. We always thrive in that role. That's yes. how we almost won A-10s in 2019. That's how mm-hmm. we did it in 2021 and catching VCU. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. I'm excited for a project. I think there's going to be growing pains like we mentioned at the beginning, but I do think that we're going to be rewarded handsomely. If there's any coach I trust to get these guys gelled and ready to go, it's it's Schmidt. You know, he's he's obviously the GOAT at Bonas. He's been doing it forever. Um, like Banks said, he's got a lot of, of plays and he's getting accustomed to it. He seems like he's picking it up pretty well so far. So a lot of it will be how are they, you know, picking up the system? Are they in the spots that they need to be in? And yeah, I, I'm ready for us to throw some some exciting new looks. When coaches are going in against us, they're not going to have a ton of video of us playing together. So that could be another little advantage. You know, when when we went into last year, there's tons of film on what we did with those five. So um, that could be another little advantage. You have to take. There's a lot of one possession games. You know, th- yeah. those things matter. So. Um, yeah, it, it'll be new for us and it'll also be new for opposing coaches as well. So we can use that to our advantage. I think there are going to be nights we get super hot and surprise teams and there are going to be nights where we're ice cold and we're frustrated and we're turning it over and we look so discombobulated. Um, a lot of that rests on Cairo Luke's shoulders. Can he improve the assist to turnover ratio? Can he run the offense efficiently? Can he break the press? I think he can. He's extremely quick. He'll, he'll, his athleticism, his quickness just jumps off the screen when you watch his highlights um, along with some of the other guys. So uh, from everything I've heard as well, Anwar Malouk has looked really good this offseason. He looked good in the, the intra-squad scrimmage. He looked really good against Kent State. Um, he is a guy that I am very intrigued by because he's so athletic um, right. and he's got a lot of those intangibles. He seems like he is a he's a hustler. Like he he's diving after loose balls. He's in the air. He's trying to block everything he can. Um, I'm really really happy with you know the progress he has seemed to make make over the last year. Redshirting, learning the system. So I think he's going to be a big piece too. I'm I'm hoping that he is a surprise on the you know in the forward position for us. Well, let's put it this way. Imagine if Chris Mooney had to replace his entire roster. I don't think they would give him 10th place in the preseason. They would be 14th or 15th. Mm-hmm. I think they got 10th place in the preseason because of Schmidt's reputation. I obviously hope we finish way better than 10th place, but 10th is a fair number, I think, with Schmidt. I think they can reload pretty well. And, you know, what did we learn in, uh, in Clare College? You know what? Bonaventure. It's all about the journey. <laughs> climb up you, the seven steps the seven steps we're back on step one now if That's, you went to those classes yes you would have learned that uh, <laughs> if you went yeah of course <laughs> i think i i think just before we wrap up i think it's interesting we are lower in our a10 coaches or media poll or whatever than we are in some of the metrics like sagarin has a six or seventh in the a10 ken palm had a seventh or eighth in the a10 I was surprised by that because those aren't going off reputation. Those are just pure metrics. Those are numbers. Those are right. stats. The reputation stuff are the preseason all A10, the postseason A10. That stuff's all reputation. So if we were going to be overrated, I would have thought it would have been in the A10 poll, not the Sager and Kenpom. So, you know, they must like our individual parts a lot. And teams are, you know, 
sometimes greater than the sum of their parts. Sometimes they're less than the sum of their parts. I'm putting my money on Schmidt and the staff to make these guys even better than the sum of their parts, which these other um, metrics and stat geeks love for us right now. So um, it'll, I think it's going to be a huge range of where we could land. A lot of it's going to depend on how good the other A-10 teams are, obviously. But um, with all the question marks, I do think we wind up seeing ourselves in the top half of the league. Yeah, I have hope. I have faith. And you know what? We're finally going to see what's going to happen 48 hours from now. First preseason game and then the regular season opener against St. Francis is one week away. We'll be sure to break down everything for you all and keep you updated throughout the season as we get ready for another Bonaventure season, a brand new team, and I think we're going to have a nice, fun, good journey, right? (laughs) Absolutely. The good journey. That's right. Thank you all so much again for joining us here on SB Unfurled and Friends. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at LilBonaX, at SB Unfurled, at me, especially if you want unnecessary soccer takes, because we're going to have a rare confluence of the World Cup and Bonnie's basketball Mm. at the same time. I don't know if I'm going to handle that. We're going to talk about that Notre Dame game that being the same day as U.S. England. That's going to be a whole other headache that we'll mm-hmm. get into later on when we get close to that game. But, yeah, go ahead and follow us on Twitter. Be sure to like us, subscribe to us, give us five stars wherever you can rate us. Thank you all so much again for joining us. Let's go Bonas. This is the hour.